What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of The Jets Way. I'm your host, Jake Simone, joined here by my co-host, Sean Kennedy. What's going on, my guy? I'm excited, man. How are you? Hey, you know, doing well. Finally uh, had the draft, all of our unanswered questions. Finally, yeah. Yeah. Joe Douglas, first offseason. We'll get into him, the draft, free agency, because when you have an offseason, there's two parts to it. There's the draft and free agency. You can't assess a free agency without having the draft. So, 100%. Having said that, um, Sean, first overall draft pick by Joe Douglas, the first ever, was Big Makai Becton yes, from sir. Louisville. What, what, I want to get your thoughts on this because I, I, at first, uh, I wasn't the biggest believer. Yeah. But let's, let's hear what you got to say on that, man. All right. So going into the draft, there was obviously two sides of the fan base. One wanted the left tackle and one wanted the wide receiver. I was definitely in the left tackle camp, I would have to say, because everyone knows how awful the Jets' offensive line was last year. And it's critical to Sam Donald's development to get him a good O-line, to get him, to get his feet under him, you know? So I was kind of for really any of the big four tackles, but I'd, I saw Werfs would probably be a guard in the NFL I saw. So I was definitely for Beckton because he played left tackle his last two years at college, I'm pretty sure. And Andrew Thomas, who was a career starter left tackle at Georgia, right? Yeah, that that was my guy the whole way. I was when Andy he was Thomas. The, yeah, when he was the first tackle t- uh, taken, I was like, damn, because I yeah, thought I the run to... would start right after him. You know what I'm saying? It's like fourth overall. Yeah. They would have went with Simmons, but you were really for the tackle the entire way. So none of the receivers, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs. I mean, I was not going to be in the upset camp if we took one of those three, but okay. I was leaning left tackle for sure. So the failed drug test by Mackay Becton, that, that didn't, yeah, um, didn't concern you at all? Well, in the new CBA, I think it is, if he doesn't fail one in the next 60 or 90 days, he comes out of the program and it was like he was never in it, right? I think that's to my knowledge what, how it now, works now. Now, after Mackay Becton was, take, uh, was taken by Joe Douglas, his girlfriend posted something. I don't know if you knew this. I was, watching, I was listening to really? Michael Kay and Don McGreca. And I didn't know this at the time. His girlfriend posted something on Instagram saying that he, she's proud of him for overcoming addiction. And then Ooh. she quickly deleted it. And the word addiction never popped up. Now, Joe Douglas did his homework with him. He went back all the way to high school. So clearly he did his fair share of work on this prospect. Yeah. Sean, does, does that – what do you, you got to say to that, man? I feel like any Jets fan would be lying if they said, like, it's nothing, like, no chance it's anything. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's the Jets. There's always chance for disaster. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm too worried because he just he just got his career. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully he's smart enough to know. Hopefully now that he's in an NFL program, he doesn't have those temptations of college. Exactly. He's on an NFL and professional diet he's not eating his you know what i'm saying because when you're at college you're eating like garbage you're not you're not Mm -hmm. with professional nutritionists the weight was my the the failed drug test it is what it is you know we all make mistakes in our lives hopefully he's a young man these are all kids you got to remember that they're they're kids at the end of the day these are not you know men with wives and kids and they're just starting their lives too so having said all that my big thing was the weight because one bad offseason with this guy, oh, man, he might yeah. be 400 pounds. He might be walking in here 400. We saw his dad. He, you know, yeah, his, it's his a big dad's boy. a big guy. Yeah. So my thing with him is 
I get it. He ran fast. I don't really see how that translates to the NFL, his 40 time. Mm-hmm. Um, my guy the entire way was Thomas, and I wanted Jedrick Wills too. When he was sitting there, and I thought – Yeah, I couldn't Cleveland believe was he was up, sitting there. That was the guy. Now, the thing with Becton, he was a big – but at Louisville, when you listen to people that know a lot more than us, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're just fans here. We're not – I think Joe Douglas knows yeah. more about – I not, not that Exactly, I, think, I trust him, you know? Exactly. Joe Douglas knows more about offensive lines than the two of us combined. But Easily. When you listen to experts, they talk about his assignments at Louisville. It was very basic. They didn't ask him to do a whole lot. They gave him help. That doesn't that that's the, that's the thing with me is when yeah. they drafted him as their first overall draft pick. And when you're picking eleven, you need to get a f- for sure, for sure, like no questions yeah. asked, star player. I would have went with the receiver there. Uh, really? I would have went with I would have went with Jerry Judy. And it's hindsight is always twenty twenty, but we could have started this draft. We'll get into the receivers next, but we could have started this draft with Jerry Judy and Josh Jones. Yeah, Josh Jones fell a long while. He was sitting there. No one was we, expecting that. And if we really liked Urza Cleveland, we could have traded up for him in the second round too. It's just something to think about yeah. there. I think if you presented that with to Joe Douglas before the draft, he he might have been thinking twice. And if you listen to the way Joe Douglas talks, Sean, yeah, it doesn't sound like Makai Becton was his guy the whole way. When he said that he was just hoping a tackle would be there, he never said, "Oh, Makai was our guy the whole time." Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds like to me Andrew Thomas or Jedrick Wills was the guy there. Very possible and very likely too that those two were definitely ranked higher than Becton. Right, and I so, also saw Becton's mom like was a is a soul food caterer, so yeah. he's always gonna have that food temptation around, and we just got to get him. An NFL body, pretty much. He's got a. I I forgot who said it, but uh, one of the draft experts and analysts out there said he's got to fall in love and he's got he's got to become best friends with the uh, nutritionist. Oh, the team the team nutritionist he's got to be best friends with. And he was seen working out the day after getting drafted. So nice to see that going on. It is always nice to see. But staying on topic with the offensive line, so we have Makai Becton. I would start him at left tackle right away. I yep. wouldn't even just start him at yeah, left tackle. Throw exactly. Him to the base. Don't mess around. Throw him exactly. right away. You're, you're picked 11 overall. You got and you're, it. You're huge. You're, you're Mount Becton. Exactly. Seven. Throw him there. Exactly. So we have him on the left side. Now, we drafted also Cameron Clark in the fourth yeah. round. I wanted to get Friends your thoughts him. on that. So, yes, yeah, Makai Becton and him yeah. have a relationship. They're all saying when uh, Cameron Clark of Charlotte played Clemson this year, he was dominating and jumping off yeah. that tape. What are your thoughts on that, man, in the fourth round? I mean, coming into the draft, offensive line was one of our biggest needs. So we weren't going to ju- gonna ju- just draft one if we did draft one in the first round. So I definitely like to see that he addressed it further. Um, I think he saw – I saw somewhere that he's going to be a guard pretty much in the, right. in the NFL per- perhaps. So, I mean, I'm excited uh, – like you said, his tape against Clemson was pretty good, so I'm sure that stood out to a lot of scouts and Joe Douglas. So I'm just happy to see him working on the offensive line more and getting more young guys in here because that's something Mike McCagnan fucking ignored forever. Thank you. And just sticking with McCagnan too, he, he, thank you, Sean, because I was going to get into him and the, the long list of failures he had. If this, oh, was Mike, if this was Mike McCagnan, we are waiting until the fifth or sixth round to pick oh, yeah. up the offensive line. He would have drafted – he drafted Brandon Shell. He moved up for him 
And I believe it was his second draft. He would have just simply said the offensive line could just take a back seat. It don't matter. Yeah, so, he did not care. Yeah, Cameron Clark might have been uh, – he might have been a starter next year at left tackle for us if McCagnan was still here. But yeah. sticking with Clark, the thing that I like about him and the thing that I like about Joe Douglas and the way he's building this offensive line, he's got a lot of versatility. They said he could kick in and play guard. Yeah. He could play tackle. Guys that can move around. This way when we have these injuries on the offensive line, it doesn't end. Because last exactly. year, how many times – how many times did we have injuries last year in the offensive line? I think everybody on the line from yeah. opening day got hurt at some point. Yeah, everybody missed a ridiculous time. combination of offensive linemen. We exactly had during the course so, of the year. So if we can if we can just simply move guys around and not take them out of their comfort zones, we're not going to have all these missed assignments. Hopefully, and yeah. that's and just leading into my next thing with uh, the offensive line here. It falls on Adam Gase and Frank Pollock, the offensive line coach, to develop these guys. Oh, absolutely. Because Joe Douglas can only do so much but to get the names in here. Now, what is your level of confidence in these two guys to develop and coach these guys up to get them ready to play right away? What is my level of confidence in the two offensive linemen? And more like the coaching staff, because these guys are clearly mm. talented. When you're picked yeah. that high in the draft, as Makai Becton is, you clearly have some talent. Absolutely. You need to be coached up. And Adam Gaze, does does he really? No. Adam, I mean, I do not have that much confidence in Adam Gaze. I will admit that. But the offensive line coach, Pollock, I definitely have some some confidence in him. I mean, he didn't have much to work with last year. So hopefully he can coach these young guys up. But I definitely have more confidence in the offensive line coach than Adam Gaze in anything. (laughs) Right. Yeah. If you look at uh, Frank Pollock from Dallas, he developed a lot of linemen when they were drafted. And last year, it's tough to get on him. And, you, and I'm glad they didn't scapegoat him either because every year, oh, yeah. how many times do you see coaches, especially Adam Gaze, who loves to make excuses, fire these position coaches and kind of blame them for the trash that was put out there last year at the offensive line. So that's going to be a uh, breath of fresh air, these young guys. And then let's get into these free agents that we brought in on the offensive line. Connor McGovern, center from the Denver Broncos, yeah. could also play guard. Now, this is why in the draft, I was hit. We'll get into these other picks, but I, the guy I really wanted was Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU to play center. I don't know if you had any interest in him either. but I, I was looking at some centers like um, Hennessy from Temple and Cushenberry. Yeah, they say Hennessy was yeah. the Jets guy. Yeah, the and they loved he got him. taken right in front of us, right? Pick, pick right before yeah, the Ashton got, Davis that pick. Probably we'll hurt. So, I wonder if they were sitting there for him or not. They might have been. Yeah. They were sitting on their hands and – the, the thing that I like about McGovern is he's also versatile, and he had his best year last year, and he's a high-character mm-hmm. guy. And it's yeah. not a Band-Aid one-year deal either, like a lot of these free agency contracts that exactly. Douglas gave out. He's going to be here. So that was definitely a thumbs-up for me. Greg Van Roten, who's a journeyman, he's not exactly – is he better than Brian Winters? We, we don't know that. Yeah, we don't know that. Alex Lewis was on this line last year that was getting Sam killed. And I, I know nah. – and if you remember, he was prone for holding penalties. He was a holding yeah. penalty machine. And then we also brought in George Fant, who – I don't know how – you know, let's just discuss him mm-hmm. for a second because George Fant is trash. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's no other way around it. George Fant I, – I don't know if you, if you watch Seattle too much – over the last two bit. years, particularly last year. I don't know if you ever said that, wow, Russell Wilson's always running for his life. This line is going to get him killed. Well, George Fant was on that line, and George yeah. Fant was, was one of the reasons why that Russell Wilson had no time to throw and was constantly getting hit. 
And to bring him in at nine and a half mil that we owe him this year, yeah, over Jack Conklin, who got I believe it was fourteen million from the Browns. What were the Jets thinking there? Do you think? I don't know, but it, it's a three-year deal for Fan, right? So I think we can get out of it after this year. So that's good. I mean, he fits the mold of what they wanted. Big, big, athletic, can move in and out of the offensive line, kind of guys, you know. Yeah, he couldn't um, even start on that Seattle line. He had to yeah. fight. He lost a job. That was that was part of the reason I didn't want a wide receiver because I didn't want to go into the season with Fant <laughs> I'm, I'm on the left side. Nonetheless, starting on the offensive line, I mean, hopefully he can compete for on the right side. But now I did, my hope did not with, want him on the left. Yeah, my hope with George Fant is that him and Chuma Idoga have a competition, and yeah. I hope Chuma beats him out because if, if Joe Douglas, I don't know if you listen to a lot of his press conferences, he always talks up Chuma. He says that he showed them a lot. And to be honest with you, from last year on that offensive line, Chuma was okay at right tackle. I thought he was serviceable. Yeah. As a left tackle, no. Yeah. But he's not a left not. tackle. So th- it's going to be interesting to see there for sure. And Brian yeah. Winters is still here. I don't exactly know why, especially with all the additions, maybe just for continuity. But w- would you cut Brian Winters? They could save about, I think it's $7 million off the top of my head. I think I would, yeah, because of the cap space it opens up and because of the uh, depth that he signed, you know? It's a lot. It's a lot to do sense. with the physicals right now. Him and Avery Williamson just yeah. can't pass. Uh, you don't. You don't know if they can pass physicals right now. Yeah. So Avery, I kind of want to see with Mosley though. Yeah. I'm more on the cut winner side than cut Avery side. You know. Interesting. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely get to uh, Avery Williamson later on in the program. So there's our offensive line. Now, how significantly do you think that unit improved? Just real quick. That's like, a is good it, question. Is it better? Significantly better? We'll wait and see how these coaches uh, coach up the young guys. I mean, first off, it has to be better. <laughs> There's no way. It, it can't, can't get worse. It, yeah. But, like, what, but what's your level of confidence? I wouldn't say significantly better. I would say better for sure. I don't think – it's still not definitely top 15. It might be low 20s maybe in the league, but we still have – that remains to be seen, you know? Yeah. That's – I mean, just the big thing for me with this offensive line is it all depends on Mekhi Becton. If Mekhi yeah. Becton – Mekhi Becton can play – and we have – It'll be huge, yeah. Yeah, and Connor McGovern is an NFL center, which goes a long way. We haven't been able to replace yeah. Nick Mangold. Sam still hasn't had a real center. He's exactly. Spencer – I don't know. We, we had Spencer Long snapping the ball over Sam's head <laughs> in Miami, and we oh, had man. Khalil getting them killed last year, man. And it was I, bad. It was real bad. And the good thing about the offensive line is there's – just before we move on here, um, Jonathan Harrison's still here. He's the backup like center. Him. Um. Who else we have on that line? We brought in Josh Andrews. He's kind of a journeyman backup. We'll see there. I would still go sign Kelvin Beecham. You know, we'll, we'll get into yeah, other potential free agents, but Kelvin Beecham did a serviceable yeah. job. He's a lot better than George Fant. I'll tell you that much. So there, it's going to be interesting to see how that unit yeah. plays out for sure. Also, but another we, thing with the line, he brought in guys uh, low on penalties too, right? Low on penalties. I agree yeah. with you. I think that Makai Beckton didn't commit a penalty, and I think it was two years ago. Really? Which is impressive. That's, that's impressive at left tackle for sure. Yeah. Which is impressive. So we'll see there. Moving on to the wide receivers room, Denzel Mims with the 59th overall pick. Now, I don't know how you were feeling, but when Joe Douglas moved back, I was just saying, this is typical Jets, man. This uh, is typical. The guy is there. I was living. Need a receiver. I, was, I remember I was texting you saying, what yeah. is this guy doing, man? Because this is, this doesn't make any sense. And, he was able to trade back to 59 and still get the guy that I wanted to draft at 48. 
What are your thoughts on Denzel Mims? Because I personally thought that he would have been way gone by 59. I thought he was a potential first-round yeah. pick. I thought we had no shot at 48 to get him. So that's number one. He was going like late first in most mocks, maybe early second. So I, had, I wasn't even thinking we were going to have a shot at him. And then at 48, like most Jets fans, we were like, please take Mims, please take Mims. Jets trade back. But on the prospect overall, I mean, I like him. He has big size, 6'3", sub 4'4", 40. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, the big thing for me is how he develops as a route runner in the NFL. Because at Baylor, they didn't yeah. ask him to do too much. The drops, I don't really pay attention to a lot of that because at the same time, he did have a broken hand at Baylor. Yeah, that so was that, his bad year, right? Exactly, yes. You, you kind of need healthy hands to catch the ball. The, the, the analysis and the comparison to Stephen Hill is ridiculous because oh, Stephen, no. Hill, Stephen Hill played in a triple option at Georgia and did not – Georgia Tech, and he didn't even have – Anything remotely, close. Anything yeah. close to the production. This guy had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. And with Bale, and with the, what quarterback is he playing with there exactly at Baylor? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But that was the guy who I really wanted at yeah, at forty eight with that pick, ecstatic. And I really thought the Steelers would take him. I thought for sure he wasn't getting past Pittsburgh. I thought Baltimore had a shot. Um, the Rams, I can see how it's not really a great fit there because the Rams, you got to be able to have that wide variety of uh, you know options in your route tree. And with him, he's still working at it. He's still working on his hands, but that red zone passing offense is going oh. to be greatly improved with him, which was trash last yeah. year. I don't know if you yeah. agree with that, but oh, 100%. He's uh he's exactly what Sam needs, you know, a big body guy in the red zone who can go up and get it, and that's exactly what he does. And I find it interesting the way that Joe Douglas built this roster with receivers. A lot of the guys can kind of climb the ladder. They can make those contested catches, the their fast. red zone threats. Fast, yes, he did yeah. say we need explosive playmakers. So we're we're definitely excited to see what Denzel. I'm ecstatic for Denzel Mims. What's um, your feeling on why he fell to 59? I think it was the drops, the hands. I think it was the drops, the hands, and his route tree wasn't that wide at Baylor. It was a lot of go. He ran the go route more than anybody in college football, and to me, it's not that bad to be able to run a go route. Yeah. I mean, that's important. You got to be able yeah. to stretch the field. He looked good at the pro day too. Looked great at the pro day too. Uh, the, uh, the I think it was the uh, senior bowl. They didn't yeah, have pro days. Bowl. Yeah, senior, senior bowl. bowl. The senior he looked, bowl. He, he looked was, pretty unreal. He was he, making yeah. everybody look stupid. The combine. He ran a four three eight. He's got all the the uh, the measurables. But again, it's the coaching staff. We got to develop yeah. these guys. For, uh, uh, not Van Jefferson. His Sean father, Jefferson. Sean yeah. Jefferson. I trust got, him. You trust him? Yep. All okay. right. Well, I mean, if he hopefully uh, his magic with uh, Denzel Mims could work like he, you know, it did with his son. So we'll have to see there. Um, again, it's Adam Gaze. Also, you got to be able to get yeah. the ball in his hands. Got to give give him some easy catches, easy completions for Sam. Hopefully, with the improved offensive line, he doesn't have like a scapegoat to why uh, the offense could look awful next year. So hopefully, like. Our offense line doesn't give him the opportunity to. We'll we'll get into somebody else who he needs to uh, show a little bit more love to. I have a feeling, but Denzel Mims, welcome to the Jets. Glad to have you. Thrilled Moving... to pick. Oh yeah, great. And sticking with the wide receivers, we'll kind of backtrack a little bit to free agency. Robbie Anderson, a guy who got better every year here, who I I personally wanted to keep. I thought for that money, we should have kept Robbie Anderson. Joe Douglas dropped the ball there. I think he tried playing hardball, and it didn't pay off. 
And Brashad Perryman, he, the, this notion that Brashad Perryman and Robbie Anderson are similar of players is nonsense to me. If you look at production and lack thereof from Brashad Perryman, Robbie Anderson blows him out of the water. He's better in every category. Yes, they're similar in traits, but you can't – you know what I'm saying? A lot of guys could do what these, these two guys do and run yeah. these, these go routes and stretch the field, but you got to produce at the end of the day. And I'm sorry, but Robbie Anderson was getting better every year, developed chemistry with Sam Darnold, knew the offense, and I don't think he wanted to leave. I think – I don't know if you heard this on when you are watching the draft, but Michael Irvin said that he spoke with Robbie Anderson, and he said that I didn't want to leave New York. It just sounds to me like the Jets didn't really want him back. So I wanted to get your thoughts there on, on that decision from Joe Douglas. I mean, I agree. It definitely sounds like they really didn't want him back that much, and – I thought he was going to be more expensive than at the price he signed for in, in Carolina. I wanted him back at that price, 100%. Like you said, the chemistry was same. He got better every year. That's a big reason I trust Sean Jefferson, too, because he improved Robbie Anderson, undrafted free agent. I mean, yeah. it just seemed like he wanted to be a Jet. It seemed like Sam wanted him back. And I was pretty confused why he wasn't back. I was, I was also. That, that was definitely a head-scratcher. Yeah, so but what, I will say yeah. about – uh. Brashad Perryman that, I mean, I like his potential. He's a little bit faster than Robbie, no? I don't know about that. He ran a 4-2-something, I think. Yeah, but the thing is, when you watch them both in-game, it just looked to me that Robbie Anderson – I feel like guys – it's tough to, you know, evaluate guys on their 40-yard dash times at the combine. But when these guys are in pads and in-game – yeah, game speed's definitely different. I agree. It just looked like Robbie Anderson was fat. He just ran faster than him, I thought, from what I saw of Rashad Perryman and Robbie Anderson. And also, there's in Tampa Bay, they just aired that ball out in the last, what was it, five games of the season. Godwin yeah. was hurt. Evans was hurt. Somebody was going to be catching passes. It wasn't my favorite move. It, it really wasn't. So I'm going to have to trust Joe Douglas there, trust the coaching staff. But the guy I'm looking at to produce next year is Mims, not Brashad Perryman on one year. I'm looking at Denzel Mims, and this coaching yeah. staff needs to get him ready to go. We'll discuss also some potential reinforcements to bring in for the receiver room. But I'm glad we, uh, we agree on Robbie Anderson. I'm, I'm going to miss him, and I, I, I think that was a big mistake. Um, two undrafted free agents the Jets brought in, Lawrence Cager, Georgia, George Campbell, West Virginia, two guys that have really high ceilings. I don't know if you did any research on them. A little bit. They're going to have a shot to crack this roster. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Lawrence Cager, big guy, 6'5". Liked his tape from Georgia. I mean, he was having a pretty good year before he got hurt, right? Yeah, he was – I don't know if you yeah. saw the game against Florida with Lawrence Cager, but he single-handedly beat them, it looked like. They had no answer yeah. for him. So that that could be a guy. And people forget Robbie Anderson's an, a former undrafted free agent. Exactly. And he cracked the roster. So we have those two guys. And Quincy Anunla, he's still under contract. Is he – what is he? Is he like Bigfoot now? We, <laughs> I mean, where is he? We don't hear anything on him. My gut says that he's done. I you mean, so? I, I would love to have him back because when he was healthy, he was a good player for us. It just sucks what happened with his neck and repeat injuries, but my gut says he's done. My big my, – the thing that I think ended the Quincy Anunua relationship with the Jets was the whole finding him and posting it mm. by Adam Gaze. This is the problem. This is why I do not – that's why I didn't want this guy back. He did not learn a single thing from Miami, and I don't want to oh, get no. too off topic here, but that was just wrong. You're, you're finding guys and you're posting it. He was visiting his wife, who's a veteran. 
and want to take her out to lunch on Veterans Day. You don't do that. Yeah, you these don't are grown, do that. These aren't kids. These are professionals. And uh, that just was such a terrible yeah. look. And I think – and Quincy Nunwa is very class personified. He's a stand-up guy. And for him to kind of go off like that on Twitter, it, it really – it makes you think. So 100%. I mean, Gase yeah. comes off as like an arrogant guy, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't – even with his game plans, he sticks to his game plans. He hasn't changed. He hasn't seemed like he changed from Miami. We don't think he's ever going to change here because we need him to change for him to be good. Hopefully yeah. this is his last year, and hopefully Joe Douglas can see that. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll definitely get into Mr. Gase um, as this uh, program unfolds. Now, Sean, the big thing that I wanted to talk to you about tonight was this running backs room and why we're, we'll get into the Michael P. Ryan who we drafted in the fourth round. But Adam Gase does not give Le'Veon Bell the touches that he needs that he honestly should be getting, what, does it even matter who we draft their running back at this point <laughs> with him? Because he doesn't know how to use them correctly. The most versatile running back, arguably, in football, Adam Gase said he needed another offseason to learn how to use. So I wanted to hear what you had to say about the Michael P. Ryan and if he could potentially be a guy to take over for Le'Veon Bell next year. Because we know he's not going to be here if Adam Gase has anything to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I like the pick. I mean, it was a little early for him, but I wanted a running back. I like this tape. He's a good uh, pass-catching back. He's explosive out of the backfield. Not too fast, but I think he's a perfect compliment to, to Le'Veon. And uh, as far as Le'Veon, I mean, he needed to pass him the ball more in the slot. I mean, Le'Veon could be a receiver in the NFL. Like, that's how good he is. So he's he the Jets' best receiver. Ball. Yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of dumbfounding how we didn't use him in the passing game as much as, much as he should have. Yeah, and this whole notion of Le'Veon needed to be used in pass protection is just garbage. Oh, it's just garbage. Here's how you fix that. Bilal Powell, who's excellent in pass protection, have him uh, you know, yeah. stand next to Donald and shotgun and put Bell in the slot. It, it, yeah. this, this, this whole notion of how he, you know, the offensive line issues were the reason why Bell wasn't used more in the pass game is just garbage. I mean, if and, that's the case, hopefully, because uh, – Becton was better in the rushing game than passing. In the run game, yes. Yeah. No. That's big for Le'Veon, you know? They say he's pro-ready. And if, I don't know if you saw this, but when the Jets posted that they drafted Makai Becton, Le'Veon gave you the old thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, he's going to have more holes to run through this year. And it's up to Adam Gase to give yeah. him the ball, not just yeah. run a, a halfback gut. Give him the ball on the outside. Let him bounce it on the outside. And we need to establish the run. Like, we can, we d- could not run the ball well at all last he year. He got away from it way Sam. too quick. And that's yeah. huge for Sam, too, to get the run established, you know? Yeah, then you, you set up play action. You look at some games. Exactly. The, the Miami game that we lost this year, the, there was no reason. That game was tailor-made for Le'Veon Bell. The, the Bengals game, the Bengals were 32 against the run. And he gave Le'Veon Bell, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but it was under 20 carries, I'll tell you yeah. that much. And he said that's what the game dictated. Like, that was his big, yeah. that was his big reasoning. So, th- there's no excuse there. But as far as Piran goes, I like it. But I would have went with Anthony McFarland, who went with the pick later. I thought he was a little bit more explosive because I kind of wanted that running back where if you give him the ball, he hit his head on the goalpost at any given time. Yeah, home run to me, Yeah, to me, Piran is very – he'll pick up those tough yards. He'll be a good receiver. But he's not going to shake one loose for 50. He's not going to He's not gonna make, yeah. make a bunch of guys miss and get an extra 10 yards. He's just a quality runner, but he's not, he doesn't really scream feature back to me. That's the one yeah, issue I don't think he's going to be ever like the number one back on this team. 
He reminds me a lot of yeah. He that's exactly what I was gonna say. He's a younger Bilal Powell. That's that's what I have. That's what I thought. Me personally, I think we should have used Powell more like over the years. I feel like we could have gotten more out of him. Exactly. That's the that's, I've been saying that for as the day since we drafted Bilal Powell, I said we need to get him more involved, and they never did. And he's still here. Yeah. He's survived. That's the thing about Bilal Powell. Yeah. It tells you how good of a player he is too. To survive, he's, he's on his third head coach. Yes. Yeah. yeah, very underrated. And I would bring him back for another year. So would I. Absolutely. Invite him to training camp, and that's. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this running back depth chart. I liked Montgomery too. That was another guy Gates didn't know how to use. I thought no, he I should have been more involved, yeah. especially as a receiver. So there's still work to be done at the running back position. I think. I think they'll definitely look to bring back Bilal Powell. So it's just all about getting twenty sixth the ball. Yeah, I agree. He needs just give him more volume, ball. especially yeah. if you're going to get rid of him next year, man. Like yeah. run him into the ground. Like if you're going to get rid of him, give him the ball more. Get your money's worth to yeah. this guy. Hopefully that was a part of their thinking with getting their O-line guy in the first round and getting more O-line help was to get Le'Veon going, you know? It, it sounds like to me, the, from the vibe I get from Joe Douglas and Adam Gase, it sounds like to me Joe Douglas understands how good of a player Le'Veon is. But mm. to me, Adam Gase doesn't want to use him because the thing is, if Le'Veon Bell puts up numbers as a big game, they're all going to be talking Le'Veon, Le'Veon, Le'Veon. No one's going to talk about how Adam Gase used them. And Adam, that's the problem with Adam Gase is he wants yeah. to be right more than he wants to win. He wants to do it his way or no way. Exactly. So that's one of my many issues and concerns with Adam Gase. Um, that's, that's pretty much the state of the running back position right now. So it's all, about, it's all about how we scheme these guys up and use them. So moving on. We're going to get on to this cornerback depth chart because we added some names this offseason. We drafted a couple of guys. Joe Douglas clearly wasn't happy with how the secondary performed last year. Trumaine Johnson is out the door. Darrell Roberts is out the door. And in comes Pierre Desir. Quincy Wilson really liked that trade for a six-rounder. He's a former second-round pick, still only 23 years old. Keep that in mind. And also, we still have Bless Austin. Uh, Bryce Hall in the fifth round. So I wanted to hear what you had to say about all these new names in the secondary, including Ashton Davis, the third round pick at a Cal. Yeah. Ashton, a lot of people have been saying this, but Ashton Davis is built for a Greg Williams system. And my, I think the one bright spot for the Jets last year was Greg Williams. I think he did the most out of like undrafted free agents on the defensive line and just making the most of the awful secondary and stuff like that. But I mean, I like what he's done. He's brought in a bunch of guys, a bunch of undrafted free agents too. Yeah, compete in the secondary. So Lamar I mean, Jackson I being one it. of them, and a bunch of young guys too. You know, what I'm saying Quincy Jones, a, for, a former number two, um, second round pick, and he's played some oh, good. Quincy years. Wilson, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Quincy Wilson, my bad. Got you. Yeah. So what? So who do you think is going to line up outside of Pierre Desir on opening day? That's a good question. I mean, a healthy Bryce Hall. Seems enticing. I mean, we got Bless Austin, too. Yeah. And then you still have Brian Poole, who I also forgot to include. He's, yeah, he'll he's be in the, the slot. He's, yeah, he's the slot Nickel. guy. But my pick there, the guy who I really hope starts outside of Pierre Desir, I think Bryce Hall is a little unreasonable yeah. because he's a rookie fifth-round pick. He's, he's got to get healthy. We don't even know how healthy he is. But Bryce Hall, this is a big-time talent. If he could stay healthy, he reminds me a lot of Antonio Cromartie, how he used yeah, to be long, big. lanky, yeah. athletic. Had great man coverage skills, ball skills. This could be a player for the Jets. And 
But for opening day, I would like to see Quincy Wilson win that job. And I like what Bless Austin did last year, but he's another one who has some durability concerns, who came in here hurt, had a ton of talent. But I think if Quincy Wilson could maximize the potential he had coming out, we are looking at a potential stud. And I would give him a shot. I really would. I hope that uh, Greg Williams gives him every single shot to succeed in this defense because I think it really suits his talent. And this is it for him. If he doesn't succeed with this chance, his career, it's yeah. it's in jeopardy. Now, so, um, what's that? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Colts switch their defensive system after his first year in the league? Yes, they ran a zone system after um, the 2017 season, which was Quincy Wilson's best year. I think, believe it or not, the first two years was uh, a man coverage scheme. Okay. Um, and then they moved over to zone last year, and Quincy Wilson was just terrible for them. He was getting cooked all over the field. But it's tough. When you play one scheme for your whole career – it's tough to just transition to a new one. And sure. we're not just talking about a 3-4 or a 4-3 defense. We're talking about a whole different coverage system. So that's, that's going to be interesting for, for sure. And just the ultimate wild card there is Bryce Hall. That's, that's the guy. Yeah. If we can develop him and we have two solid corners, and this year is only a one-year deal, and so is Brian Poole. So we can, yeah. if the Jets can develop Bryce Hall and bless Austin and that trade for Quincy Wilson works out, one of those guys becomes expendable for next offseason. Yeah. That's one less hole. So that would that would definitely be great. And out of that group, too, like even if one becomes a good cornerback in the NFL, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And Ashton Davis, just getting back to him for a second, kind of took me by surprise. I thought that that wasn't going to be the direction they were going. I really wanted a receiver with that pick. I wanted to double down. I was looking at Brian Edwards from South Carolina. I thought he yeah. would have been the pick there. But – I can get behind it from the, the fact that Marcus May is a free agent at the end of the year. Are we really going to put this much money into the safety position? Jamal Adams wants a new contract. That, that, that's speaking of him when Dal- – just backtracking a little bit. When Dallas was on the clock at 17, I was getting a little exci- – <laughs> I was – I'm not going to lie with you. I was just getting a little excited there. I was thinking to myself, can we make a move here? Because I, I would have I sent him. I would have sent him to Dallas for the 17th pick. Straight he's, up. Straight up. Number, I think he's worth more than that. I mean, if, it could, it if he matter, comes though, with some outrageous number, then ship him off, get the most sh- you can. But if he wants to be here, pay him what he deserves. But we're prioritizing safety over wide receiver one? I definitely get that. But he's, he's a big-time player. He's, he's, he's on the solo defense. You I, have to I admit think, that. I think Jamal – listen, Jamal Adams is a great player, but – if we were a Jamal Adams away on defense, that's the kind of player he is. If you're a piece away from contending, he's perfect. He's going to fit in. But when you're trying to build a program and build up a foundation, it starts with offense, man. And our offense, I don't know if – and I know you, you, you knew this from last year, was complete trash. It was terrible. It was 32nd in the league. And our defense, particularly our secondary, was torched by the Bengals, the Dolphins, and – just quarterbacks that were much better quarterbacks we're going to be seeing this year too, may I add. So I would have shipped them off. I I think it's just, it's tough to spend all that money on a safety right now. So I don't want to get too much into Jamal. We'll, we'll definitely have some conversations about him in the next couple of weeks, but I just (laughs) wanted to make it known um, on our first episode here that I was kind of hoping a move was going to be made there. So with Ashton Davis, when you have Marcus May, his future is in doubt. Jamal's looking for a new contract. There's a potential insurance plan. If Ashton Davis can play in these three safety packages, we don't yeah. need to draft a safety high again. We have a guy 
who can just slide in there. It can be a Swiss Army knife for Greg Williams. He can cover a tight end. How much? How long have the Jets not been able to cover a tight end? Oh, Running back coming out of the backfield. You get what I'm saying yeah. there? Yeah, exactly. And getting C.J. Mosey back is huge because he can do that. You know what I'm saying? He can cover the tight ends. Yeah. And and C.J. Mosley, especially because C.J. Mosley, had, he had such – high responsibilities last year he was supposed to call the plays yeah, he was the quarterback, of the, defense. He's the quarterback of the defense so that's going to definitely be a uh, exciting part of the season it's huge he's got to stay healthy yeah. he, he better stay he healthy to, this yeah. year he, if, he's, uh, if he's not healthy you he gotta missed, cut him i think he missed two or three games his entire career with the ravens and then he the first in, and then he yeah, was first not, year with the, the jets and i was in that stadium that day i don't know uh you weren't there right no i was watching on tv but it looked electric <laughs> i was there man and he when he was all over the field, bro. He's good. He man. was all over the place, and he was just. All, and then when he brought the interception back, that place was the loudest I've crazy. heard it. It was crazy. And then as soon as he went out, it's like that defense was just running at a yeah. whole different speed. It was. It's it crazy, was bro. Man. Typical Jet stuff. Typical, bro. Typical, but with Joe Douglas, uh, hopefully that typical stuff ends. Exactly. Promising. So, yeah. Just moving on here to the uh, pass rushing position our edge rusher in particular jordan jenkins is back on a one-year deal they drafted jabari zuniga zuniga i think i'm pronouncing correctly zuniga so so. this guy he's he's, it's interesting because we did pick chakai polite last year attitude problems injuries but had a high ceiling yeah with with zuniga it just looks like the injuries are the big problem. It looks like his attitude is fine. This was a leader and a captain yeah. in Florida. So I wanted to hear what you had to say about how we addressed this edge rusher position this offseason because we haven't had a pass rusher in here in for when's the last time we've had a pass rusher? Oh, man. 15 years ago with John Abraham? Yeah, literally. So what do you think there? Did we do enough there? Would you? We'll talk about potential moves, but that seems like a spot where we could I'm, use another guy or two. We could definitely use another guy. It's not – we need our edge rusher, and I don't think we have our edge rusher. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the our Jordan Jenkins one. signing, exactly. The Jordan Jenkins signing, good, good depth signing. I think he's been solid for us fucking throughout the years. And as far as uh, the guy from Florida, complete opposite character from from polite, and uh, hopefully he gives us different results. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sky high potential. I saw he better Calvin be giving Pace. us good. Yeah, Calvin Pace. Calvin yes, Pace player too. comp. I mean, for our pass rush in general, we need Quentin to have a breakout year. But That was on my list, yeah. Hopefully in the draft next year, we, we're sitting in a mint spot to draft the edge rusher. I mean, that's our biggest need right now, I would say, besides cornerback, right? And wide receiver. Uh, I would say wide right receiver. Our, wide we receiver. Need, we need our guy at edge. We need, and, and we need an edge rusher, especially yeah. in this Greg Williams defense. So – the thing was with Zaniga, I th- I thought that there could have been other guys around. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It, I don't really know too much about him where I could exactly. say he's I not a good player. I didn't no know one, him at all before the draft, Exactly. So. so, you know what? They took a swing for the fences with their pass rusher, a guy with a high ceiling, has a lot of athleticism, and could do some things when healthy. So, it is what it is there. Just another spot where I would have just I – I wanted another body in there in that receiver room. That's that's the thing that I was a little bit disappointed with with the draft in general was the lack of receivers. I thought that was a prime spot to take a receiver. So yeah, I went in wanting two at least, you know what thing, I'm saying, from the yeah. draft. And the thing with Jordan Jenkins is I'm going to I think he's solid too, but the thing with him is he's gotten better every year since he's been here. 
You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He's a guy that – he's a leader on this defense. Greg Williams loves this guy. He loves Greg Williams. He's – his sack holes have been going up. I would have liked to have seen him on a two-year deal, potentially. I wanted him more than just one year. So I was a little bit disappointed there because if he performs, he's out of here next year. Yeah. So and I, would, I wish we had him back for, for more years. I like him too. I, I would not have minded a two-year contract at all. And before the offseason, it, it seemed he was done. Like it was a done, yeah. done deal. He's not coming back. And then all of a sudden, I think one year, $5 million, right? I think Greg Williams just gave him a call and said, yeah. like, let's go. I'll get you I paid. Think that's, that's a nice deal for him. And that's the thing with Greg. That's for the us. thing. When people talk about – when you talk about – Greg Williams and Adam Gase and this team going seven to nine last year. I give all the credit to Greg Williams on that coaching staff. He yeah. coached his butt off and Adam Gase was yeah. busy saying, Oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. <laughs> you know, how many times would he get up there after the game with his hat over his eyes and say, oh, you know, injuries, injuries happen. Greg Williams seems more like a, and, uh, yeah, a Greg, leader to me. Like it, I would it, not mind him as head coach whatsoever. I, I said that so many times. It's funny yeah. you say that is I would, I, <laughs> I mean, if we had the choice, I would make him the head coach and Adam Gase Easily. just gone. And then you get a real it, offensive coordinator in here, and let's roll. Not even a real offensive coordinator. I would just promote, like, Frank Pollock to the offensive coordinator. Really? And just run a power – like, something. Like, I, I don't even know. I mean, I would promote – I mean, Loggins is technically the offensive coordinator, so. He's, he's Gase's little – He's Gase's – yeah. He's Gase's mole. He's he, Gase's – He doesn't do nothing. He's exactly. And Gase can go. Let's get some guy from college. Like, let's get somebody, and, you know? And that's and that's the thing with with uh, with – Adam Gase, too. He's just so stubborn. I mean, how many good yeah. offensive minds out there were available? We could have brought in mm. – he doesn't want a quarterback's coach because he said that he doesn't want another voice in Sam's head. What That's kind ridiculous. of logic? Yeah. You're supposed – and he it, – ah, it's just we'll, – we'll get more into Gase, though, yeah. as this program gets on because we <laughs> could spend a long time talking about his flaws as a head coach. So, just backtracking a little bit, um, Jordan Jenkins, glad he's back. Great – I thought that was a great signing for the price. I think another guy will get into potential free agents in just a little bit um, that we could sign is Marcus Golden of the Giants. I thought that that's, that should have been a target of ours. Even, dare I say, before Jordan Jenkins. Money yeah. might have played a reason there. So it's going to be interesting because we need edge rushers, and hopefully Jabari Zaniga uh, could pan out for us. Quentin Williams, <laughs> that's all I have to say <laughs> on him. He's just uh, – <laughs> I don't know, man. With I mean, him, he he was hurt last year. I have, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have zero expectations for him. I think, really? I, I already think he's a bust. I really, I really, really? think so. I think he. I mean, you got to re- give him this year. If he does the I, same kind of production this year as last year, then if we're going to be honest about if if we're going to be honest about about Quentin Williams, Nathan Shepard outplayed him last year. Oh, absolutely. Nathan Shepard outplayed him. A lot of guys him. in that on that line out outperformed. Kyle, who was the other guy? Kyle, Kyle Phillips. Phillips. I mean, that's the thing with Fatu Exactly. When you talk about those guys, before entering last year, just before we move on, when we would talk about the defense, we didn't hear about Terrell Basham, Phillips, Bless Austin, um, Arthur Millette. When we we talked about the secondary before, we we just threw Arthur Millette's name like it was nothing. That guy was pretty solid for us last year. He He was solid. You know, he he did a couple of things here and there. Um, Neville Hewitt, uh, James Burgess, who, like, we didn't know who any of these guys were. And Greg Williams Greg made Williams. them potential starters for us. And with and that's the thing with Todd Bowles, too. He never did that for our defense. And he was no. supposed to be a defensive mind. And Adam Gase, who has he developed on offense in his career? So that's – Greg Williams just did an outstanding job, and I'm so thankful that he's here. And that's one of the reasons why I'm hopeful about this team. 
the upcoming season is, is we have Greg Williams coaching up that defense. And I, I know we're going to be fine there. Yeah. No matter, no matter what I, no matter what the injuries are, we're going to be fine with Greg Williams leading the team. So just before we wrap up here, we're going to get into the free agents right now that are still available. Sean, I'm going to give you some names here and you tell yeah. me, you tell me who you would bring in. If you were Joe Douglas, you just have to pick one of these guys. You ready? One. All right. One. All right. Taylor Gabriel, Paul Richardson, Cordy Glenn, Jason Peters, Kelvin Beecham, Logan Ryan, Everson Griffin, Marcus Golden. Who are you bringing in? Um, just one out of all of them. Yeah, I. Th- it's real unrealistic to expect more than one. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll just take um, one. Who's, the Jets might not even sign any of these guys. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think they are going to sign any. But I would, I think I would go Marcus Golden. You would go with the rusher. I would. Because it's, it's just a big need for us. And I like, um, I mean, our wide receiver group isn't strong, but I would say we have some guys in there that could turn it into something. Now, let me give you a little bit of devil's advocate here. I'm going to okay. give you another option. How about Jadavion Clowney? I would love him on a one-year deal, one-year prove-it deal. He he's, not taking a one, he's not taking a one-year deal so? from the Jets. He's absolutely to. not. From the I did Jets? see an article today that he's interested in playing in a big market like uh, – New York. I think it was. He's uh, not playing for Adam Gase. From Pauline, too. He's not playing. I can't see that. And if There's, it's for one year, it's whatever. But because I love one year deals. You can give anybody a one year deal. And I mean, hey, that's let's I go. Think, I think the reason he's still available is because he, he's not getting what he wants. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully he takes the highest one year deal, maybe. Yeah, but why wouldn't he take that deal with, say, the Titans on a much better and, you know, a much more developed team, a contender, not coached by Adam Gase? You're right. You're right. I Defensive mean, I'm minded just, staff. Let's say, let's say they offer him one year, thirteen for the Titans. Oh, yeah. When, and and then on the Jets, maybe they say one year, sixteen. He takes extra three. Oh, no, it's he, only he's one not year. Taking he goes it. back in. Yeah, he's not taking. Dude, no, no one takes. No one. Listen, nobody. There's know. listen. Never I know, know we got to pay the Jets tax, but I think Clowney's not coming here. I, the scenario I was going to give to you is Clowney for two years, let's say two years, 40 million. Let's say there's an option after this year. Mm. You giving him 20 million a year or no? I'm leaning towards no. I would right. not give him 20 years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you there. I, yeah. I personally, I wouldn't touch him if it's for more than a year. I think Golden would be a better fit for this team. He's not, you're not going to break the bank for him. He's yeah, going to want to make more money. Um, but the guy I would have picked – I would I would love Marcus Golden. I would love any of these guys to be completely honest with you, because all those guys are, could help us out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Upgrade a lot of potential needs. I like Taylor Gabriel. What I, what do I, you I think about see, him? I mean, I don't see a reason why not to bring another body in here. And if you be a starter. Yeah, and he had some moments with the Bears too. It wasn't like he was completely trash for them. And if yeah, he if you recall their their quarterback couldn't throw the ball. He was terrible. No. I, I, I never liked Mitch Trubisky. And if you remember when Atlanta went to the Super Bowl, this guy was all over the field making plays left he and was. right. He was stretching the field. When he had the ball in his hands, he was tough to bring down. He was so fast. I would take him back. I would not take him back, but I would take him in and add him to that room. I think he lines up. At, I think he's better than Brashad Perriman. I really do. Really? What has, if you look at their resumes, what has Brashad Perriman done in his career? No, you're right. He's, his resume is not the terrible. thing to look at if you want to support your It's ho- It's terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely. And Gabriel has a better resume than him. Oh, absolutely. So but I, I mean, would, those, those last five games for the Bucks, like 
Yeah, he was but explosive. that's five games, man. And they no, didn't no, even have Godwin. Right, they didn't have good. Evans. I mean, he wasn't getting the ball because of those two guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, and that offense just chucked it around. That's why too. I don't mind it on the one-year deal. You know what I'm saying? Let's see what he can do in this, in this system. And if he sucks, at least it's only a one-year thing. But So let's give Gabriel the same contract. Let's go. I would take him on a one-year deal, absolutely. And now, another, another thing we can do here, Joe Douglas, that is um, – Jamaris Thomas is still a free agent. I wouldn't mind him coming back. I thought yeah, he had a reliable a set of hands. Yeah, he was a captain. Yeah. He was a captain even after joining the Jets after, I think it was the first first game of the year he joined the Jets uh, after the Buffalo he like disaster. A, he was like a true pro. He, huge professional when he played. I'd take him back. Um, so I would take him back, but that doesn't mean we just ignore the other positions because I expect one more significant move on this roster. We have plenty of cap space. Yeah, because we can cut Winters and Avery and Avery Williamson. Williamson. I would cut. Here's the thing: I would cut. Clowny. I would cut. I would cut Brian Winters solely because Avery Williamson's a better player than him. Yeah, and I I'm agree. Ex- and I, I've always been, I wanted to see what Avery Williamson and CJ Mosley could do last yeah, year. Man. Bro, Avery Williamson's 2018 season was better than Mosley's. Yeah, imagine them two together. That's that's healthy, one thing to healthy. think of. And then you also brought in Patrick Gunwasu, who played yeah. alongside C.J. Mosley, and you kept Burgess and Hewitt. That's a p- potential position of strength. Yeah. I think so, we get – if there's any way we get Clowney, our defense can be a real problem. I don't the think, cornerbacks are really I, our whole. I don't think Clowney – I think there's no – and also the thing with Clowney is it's not like his production matches the money that he's asking right. for. I mean, he's good in the run game. Yeah, but he so is Jordan pressure. Jenkins, so. He was a little bit like Leo, but he's obviously way better than Leo. Oh, he gets God. to the quarterback right before he gets rid of the ball. Oh, no. Leonard Williams. Joe Douglas was a wizard getting a third pick out of him. Getting it, yeah, that third-round pick. I don't know how – yeah. Dave Gettleman just – the Giants oh, had a good man. draft, though. They did. The Giants had a good draft. I got to give it to him. They got my how guy, How much Andrew is he Thomas. getting paid on the one-year deal, Leo? He's, he has a grievance too filed. Much. He has he actually much, yeah, he, he has a grievance filed that he should be getting paid like a defensive end, not a defensive tackle. But ooh, I am so glad that he's gone. Me too, I, man. I really he's am. So frustrating to watch. So there we have it, Sean. Before we go here, just real quick, we'll we'll definitely touch we'll touch on the on this uh, you know up until the season. What is your expect? How much better did the Jets mm. get after this offseason? Are we because this team went seven and nine last year? Are yeah. we expecting the playoffs or bust for Adam Gase? Which my buddy and your buddy as well, Manish Mehta, said that mm-hmm. we should. The thing with Manish is he gets he's he's so good at his job. He he's really, not afraid. He's, he's not afraid. To I say I I've, my hat goes off to Manish. I have disagreed with him on some things in the past. I still think it's funny how he's giving the playoff mandate to Gase, but with Todd Bowles, he said that we were unreasonable for yeah. him, for <laughs> complaining how Christopher Johnson never did that for him. Uh, but Manish is great. So what, are we in, are we agreeing with Manish here saying that this is playoffs or bust for Adam Gase? I'm not even going to give you the option of Sam Darnold because that's just ridiculous. We're not even going to waste our time on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i leaning towards yes because Gase has to prove something, but we are improved, but the schedule is tough. It is a, I mean, a tough schedule. I can't wait to get – yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you say the schedule's tough, but the Patriots got to play the same teams. The Dolphins have to play uh, the same teams. And, the Bills have to play yeah. the same teams. And the Bills are better, and the Pats are are probably better too. But I, I'm not scared of them. You know, what I'm saying those are winnable games. Everyone Wait, the in, Pat, in our hold the fault. The Pats are, are def- games. The Pats are better than us. Uh, bro, they got Bill. <laughs> they got Bill, they got, but they got we, Adam. We got uh, Bill. <laughs> yeah. So, but at the same time, Jared Stidham's their quarterback. And no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, Jared. But they don't look, scare me. I'm not scared of the Bills. The, the, the Patriot. We. I'm gonna be completely honest with you, Adam Gase. You better beat the Dolphins twice next year. You better beat the Bills once. Yeah. We. Damn. We should have beat the Bills yeah. twice last year. We should beat I them mean, opening day. Despite how bad the roster was last year, we had some awful, awful losses. The Miami loss, the Bengals loss, and those were on Adam Gase because the offense looked awful. Awful. The Bills loss, I blame on Adam Gase too. The play calling that day was horrible. Oh, man. Horrible. Just absolutely terrible. Yeah. It was what they scored, 15 points? The whole oh, just brutal. Brutal. And, yeah. But just sticking with Adam Gase here, to me, it's playoffs or bust. You won seven games last year with all those injuries. You made yep. all the excuses in the world. You got a GM fired. You brought in your own GM now. You got to produce. And I'm I sorry. Agree. I'm going to use the Miami years against him because his year, he says – now, when, he, when the Jets got blown out by Miami, Manish, thank you for asking him this. He asked Adam Gase if that justified Stephen Ross's decision for firing him. Great and, question. And, and Adam Gase just had no idea how to answer that because people just need to remember that he, he was the same way in Miami before he came here. So after two years here and then the last, what was it, three years in Miami? Two years in Miami? I forget how many years he was there exactly. He was but, there for four for four years. For four years, okay. Yeah. So we have that the years after he the jet uh, the Dolphins went ten and six and went to the playoffs with Matt Moore. We kind of know what he is as a head coach, and to have him come back with yeah. Sam Darnold for a third year it would be just so counterproductive. Now Sam Darnold takes that next step and throws like forty touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, and has that year then? And I don't want to say if we're losing shootouts here, then we we yeah. can bring Adam Gase back with no problem. But exactly, that's that's we my thing lose. with him. But he has to show us something. You know what I'm saying? Sam has to be good. The offense has to be good. I'm not even, I'm not even talking about the team in general. The, the guy, if, if we're not going to make the playoffs next year and Adam Gase is back, Darnold better have a great year. Yeah. That's not nah, – it I falls with Darnold. I'm even, I'm even going to say that Darnold has to ha- – I think that should be the number one thing. That if, if we don't see yeah. a step forward from Sam and we're winning games like 10-9, 10-7, we need to bring somebody else in. And I'm, I'm we're sorry. Gonna, I, we're going to have to be pretty good to make playoffs next year. Yeah, we'll, we'll, tough. yeah we'll, we'll, listen, we just wanted to have this episode today to discuss the draft, free agency. We are going to get into the schedule. The schedule comes out next week. So we're, we're going to break it down. We're going to give you our initial thoughts. But for right now, Adam Gase, you better – it's all about 14. It's all about Darnold this year. yeah. He's it really franchise. Is. It's time. It's time. If he doesn't take that step, he's gone. I agree. Gone. And I'm and I'm gonna say this: They better not pick another quarterback with Adam Gase as a coach. Oh my God! If you're gonna pick Adam Gase before Sam Darnold, we are done. Yeah, done. that's we are in big trouble because the Johnsons. That should show the Johnsons have no balls. They have no idea what they're doing. I just hope John. I just hope um, Woody just comes back and yeah, from the UK, right? Yeah, I hope Woody just comes back and says, "Get this guy out of here." I like him better than his brother. <laughs> I do his too. Brothers. I don't know. Something's off about him. And that's why when Woody left, I just wish he gave it to somebody who knew what they were doing. Not his brother. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that for any sports franchise either. Why do you put the hands of the franchise into somebody's hands who doesn't have a clue about what football is or whatever the given sport is? It's about that money, man. Yeah, it's why they got to keep the they got to keep the the cash flow going. But Sean, this was a great first episode. Great talking to you. Um, we have a lot of great stuff planned out for this program and we just want to thank the people who actually took out the time to listen we understand it might not be too many of you right now it's the first episode mm-hmm. we're getting off the mat here yeah. but we love this football team we have a lot of optimism 
about Joe Douglas. We support we, – we're not in the camp of everything Joe Douglas does is great because that's just how it works. We're not homers. But we, we believe in his long-term vision. Sean, I'm sure you agree with that, with that sure. sentiment. Yeah. So, Adam Gase, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But Joe Douglas has our support um, throughout um, 10 years without the playoff, Sean. It's just – Yeah. And we, we've stuck with it's this team. Long wait. And we're, we're hoping the end, is, the end is near with this losing. So, uh, with that, Sean, great talking to you, man. I'll see you yeah, next man. week. It's been great talking to you, bro. I'm excited for what this podcast brings. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you. And also, everybody stay safe with the whole yeah, pandemic, sure. social distance. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. See you later, man.